kind of 90s right yeah yeah hey welcome to another get geekish podcast thanks for joining us once again uh, another one of these uh video editions by uh isolation uh, i'm bino and uh we'll probably get geekish joined by my my co-host over there what are you, Sorry, you I, what are you I, in I, green I, hill zone yeah yeah <laughs> and then i'm getting possessed by a ghost cat too Hey, it's Derek. <laughs> Meow. <laughs> uh, but thanks for joining us like you do every week. And thanks to Ames Community uh, College Radio for rebroadcasting the show. Always appreciate that. We thought we'd take a little dive back down nostalgia lane this week. Uh, harking back to the year 1990. What do you remember about the 90s? Interest rates were uh, 10%. An average house cost $123,000. Average rent was four and sixty-five dollars, and a gallon of gas cost a buck thirty-four. NASA deployed the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, Saturn vehicles were released by GM, and Operation Desert Shield began. Lots of things going on back in the nineties. Both I was of us say wasn't gas cheaper in the nineties, but I guess that's when the Gulf War was going on. So no. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, still, buck thirty-four is pretty cheap for gas compared to nowadays prices. True. Well, true <laughs> compared to two yeah, months yeah. ago prices. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, we were, we were both young bucks in 1990, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say I was the ripe old age of 10. Do the math, carry the four, uh, I was six or seven, depending on when you want to look in the nineties. Well, it works every year. <laughs> uh, some of the popular culture things down there, uh, sci-fi channel started transmitting twin peaks premiered in ABC and, uh, the Millie Vanilli duo's producer revealed that they lip synced at the Grammys. Popular what? films, Home Alone, Ghosts, Dances with Wolves, Pretty Woman, Ninja Turtles, Hunt for Red October, Total Recall, Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy, Edward Scissorhands, The Godfather, Part 2. But we wanted to focus on something that we were into in 1990, the toys of 1990. It's always good to look back at the toys from your childhood, right? I, w- I will say, backflash real quick, I must have been right about seven-ish when it came out or so, but... Uh, Total Recall was my first rated R movie, so thought of the drive-in. My parents thought I'd be asleep. <laughs> Not when there's a chance to see three of them at once. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, continue. Uh, but th- this was right in my brain today because I actually spent a lot of my day today uh, cleaning out my daughter's room and playroom, and there's trash bags of things I need to take to Goodwill now. But the toys of the 90s were... Uh, in my opinion, some of the best ones, but that's probably because I was the age to play with toys when they came out. So we thought we'd spend a little time today talking about some of the, the most popular ones for that year. And number one, without a doubt across everything, the most popular Christmas toy, the highest selling toy of the year, were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures. <laughs> and I, I know we've brought this up in the podcast before. I had a lot of mine and I still lament the day I sold them to the neighbor kid across the street. But they were awesome. I, I, one thing that I do have to say that's kind of like, I think it's a genius marketing ploy, is now, what is it, Nickelodeon that owns the rights to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, right? Mm-hmm. They're starting to release toys that look like the ones from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like they, the toy itself looks like the 90s, then it has the weapon thing that you have to punch those out. Mm-hmm. Remember when you could like didn't punch one out right and had that little plastic piece you couldn't just 
Well, I always hate it because for all the the major the main characters, they had those brown pieces, and they were all stupid weapons that none of them used. Like every single one of them had that weird little hook knife. They had some ninja star. Like you're like, why why does Donatello have the hook knife and ninja stars? That always bothered me for some reason. Um, yeah, they're starting to release those again, which makes me want to get them. Yeah, I've I've seen a couple of the packages. I think at Target I saw the original Turtles in a package and one that had Bebop and Rocksteady, and I almost dropped mm-hmm. all my money on it right there. Uh, but it was good timing because the Ninja Turtles cartoon had been good for a good year or two, so they had some some backbone to it. And then the live action live action movie came out in 1990 and grossed 200 million to the box office. So there were a lot of Turtle fans in 1990. Mm-hmm. The uh, Sold more than 30 million toys that year. I mean, I thought I had a lot of toys, but one, one of my best friends growing up, his name was Chris, and his parents, he, he had a lot of the Ninja Turtle figures. I had, I had a good portion of them, and he had boxes and boxes of them. Like, I feel like with most, most of my friends, there's like the group of toys you have, your favorite ones. You've got a few of them, and then you've got well, one or two of the vehicles and one of the big play sets, and you were, you know, high rolling with that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he had the turtle van and the turtle blimp and the sewer and the technodrone, like all these things going off like it. <laughs> and they also had brilliant marketing it too because they had their main set of characters, but the entire show was about introducing new characters. So there was always a new set of toys or new wave of toys. But they also took the original characters and also made them do stupid things, which I liked some of them. Well, but I'm pretty sure I had a surfer Michelangelo that had, I had that one too. Shirt, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But they, every every time they came out with a new side character, then they had a new version of the turtles. So there was Pizza Time Raph, Party Mike, Space Raph, uh, Marching Band Donatello. Like every possible job you could, they could have, they came with their own version of it, and. I mean, it's the same thing that Barbie dolls did, except for they had to buy the entire figure that did it. You couldn't just buy a new outfit. You had to have the entire new figure. But Right. What was one of your favorite Ninja Turtle figures? Honestly, I used to have the ones where it, like, transformed. Um, so it was like a, it looked like a little turtle, and then it came with a, like a little thing of ooze, and you could fold itself out of the shell, uh, and it turned into the Ninja Turtle. Uh, that, was my, that was my favorite. I love that one. Yeah. And I, I still li- have a uh, samurai Raphael somewhere. Mm. I think so. My favorites. I had my Krang, which we talked about, which is the full-on Krang in the bodysuit with him in the belly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like some of the weird ones too. I really liked Mutagen Man, who guy's all full of clear liquid, then his like little organs floating around inside. Oh yeah. And um, was it was it Mecha Turtle or? Was oh, that I had the, that one too. The yeah. robot one. Yep. And Slash, and had- the evil turtle, which they did a horrible job of making in the movie, but the cartoon and toy version of Slash was awesome. <laughs> and they had that smell when you cracked one of the packages, that, that weird rubber vinyl smell that you'd be like, mm, new toys. Every once in a while you get that smell and it's just like triggers, which we've talked about smells before. So mm. <laughs> Go back and look for our a- ASMR episode. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> not, not creepy or weird at all. <laughs> Um, another toy that came out in 1990, which I think I was just a little old for, but seems to be in mainstay, was Crocodile Dentist. 
You were playing when you were a kid? It's still around. No, I, I didn't own that one, but that is still around, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's still, I, I remember I saw it at the store last year, and but that was the year that it came out. Uh, another big one that I feel like changed the toy world, so to speak, the Super Soaker water gun. Super Soaker is still around, too. Mm-hmm. Well, they were the first one that came out. They uh, came out in 1990, but they were actually called the Power Drencher, or the Shaw was the name of it because they could shoot straight and narrow, unlike water guns before that, which I don't know what the heck a water gun did before that. Um, but then they didn't rename it Super Soaker until 1991, but I actually remember one of my friends having a Power Drencher in 1990 and me begging my mom for the entire summer for me to get one, but they were like $45, so that wasn't happening. <laughs> But once they rebranded it and did a little more marketing, then Super Soaker was somewhat affordable. Wasn't it like you you, had, you used to have water gun fights with your friends, right? Oh, all the time. Okay, so whenever you'd go to like a friend's house and they would, and you if you didn't bring your own, they'd be like, "Oh, I got some Super Soakers," and they would always give you the janky one that leaked. Oh yeah, right. So like, you're sitting there, you're like, you can get maybe a couple good squirts out of it, but most of the time it's just sitting there because the seal on it's just they left it out in the sun too long. <laughs> It just leaks. Or they, they, jam, they jam down in the dirt. So when you squirt it, it shoots off in like three different directions. Yep. Or you get the one where not you necessarily, but somebody squirts you with the one that you can tell the water's probably been in there all summer long. And you're just like, oh, God. Oh, you can't tell me you never filled the super soakers with other things to shoot at people. <laughs> I honestly didn't. I honestly didn't. Apparently I'm a bad person. Nothing gross, but just like soda and stuff like that. Well, that that just ruins it. Come on now. Well, the thing is, too, is like it seems like super soakers because I remember I used to have the one that had the pack on the back. Oh, the big giant, the blue and yellow one. Uh, I don't remember what color it was. All I remember is like it was like it was like two two jugs on the back. You put in like a backpack and then a big long wand you shot. No, it wasn't a wand, but I think it was the rendition of that one because you know how every year they're like. Yeah. Them. <laughs> here's the same water gun with a different color like <laughs> right but I, I remember like lugging that thing around i'm like this thing's heavy and like it had those little plastic pieces that kind of jabbed in your back and i mean you're running around wearing you know nothing up top you're wearing swim trunks and you're having a water gun fight you have those like nylon straps digging into you you're carrying 20 pounds of water on your back going i'm gonna get you and then that thing leaks that was always they, a disappointment. They didn't get heavy because they, they remember they came in the the numbers. It was like a super soaker 30, the super soaker 50, the super soaker 100. And the bigger the number, the more water they carried, the bigger it was. So you get like the super soaker 200 and you're lugging around like 17 pounds of water in this little plastic tube. The the one like that my pride and joy that I had was one that had to have been, it was, it was long, at least to a kid it was, but it was like gray and had the purple tank on it. Not that it was mm-hmm. heavy, but I'd walk around feeling like the Terminator. I'd be like, get you and like just it shoots basically its whole tank in one shot well i feel like those are the best because before that to my recollection water guns those little like hand pump finger and things like you couldn't squirt somebody if they were more than five feet away it was you might as well like throw it at them yeah they didn't think but also these super soakers you could be 20 30 40 feet away and be pelting them with water like water shooting hard enough that it hurt if you got hit in the face with it do like do water fights still happen? I'm like, I know super that. soakers still exist, but it doesn't seem like, because not the, for some reason, when I was growing up in the 90s, it just seems like water gun fights and water balloon fights were just the thing to do during the summer. You had the slip and slide. You had the super soakers. I, I think they still have, but I don't think it's near as much. I think there's some, 
you know, some uh, blowback because they are kids shooting each other with guns. So a lot of parents don't necessarily think it's okay. And some of those water guns have gotten so advanced that they are literally painful to watch. Like you need to wear goggles when you're playing now. <laughs> you don't lose an eye. <laughs> I did almost lose a contact in a water gunfight. So. Mm-hmm. And you brought up the slip and slide, and the slip and slides now, they're hardly even fun. they got so many safety features. All we had before was a big plastic sheet and those giant metal stakes you put in the ground. And no matter what, somebody had to rape their, rake their cap open and going down. Well, yeah. not only that, too, it was like it always seemed like because whenever you went down one of them, you had to have the little things on the side that would spray the water. Mm-hmm. It always seemed like there was a patch that that didn't work. So when you're sliding, <laughs> you'd be like sliding. You're like, yeah. And then you go and just like take up a chunk of skin. And then you slide some more. Oh yeah. You slide, slide, slide. And you get, what, do you, what do you call the, I mean, when we were kids, we called them Indian burns, but what would you, what would you call that? Just like a, just a, a plastic burn rip road rash. I don't know. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, that was awful. I forgot about that. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> because that was always the thing too, is like the soup, the slip and slide be good for like three uses. And then if you keep using it over and over again, it starts to get all like <laughs> not good. Like the little nozzle stopped squirting water out. And, oh, and every parent hated it because every time the kids used the slip and slide, like killed half the lawn. Yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> the slip and slide did. No, you already used it twice this year. <laughs> Uh, but moving on to some other toys, how many Koosh balls did you have? I found one the other day. I still own one. Really? Yeah, I found it in the garage. I was cleaning out the garage trying to get stuff ready to move, and I was sitting here, opened up a thing, and I was like, a Koosh ball. It, it's like it's not a Koosh Koosh ball, but it's one of the Koosh like, figures because it has a face in the hand. <laughs> oh, on it. yeah, the ones that was but based it, after they made the cartoons of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's still, it's still a Koosh ball, and I was like, oh, what? <laughs> I forgot I had it, but those things, that's another toy that had that just aroma about it. Yeah, the aroma about it was very, it was unique and weird because nobody would have like went out of their way to find Koosh balls, but they became popular. They uh, got released in 1987 and then they got a bunch of bad press in 1988 and they became the best selling toy that year. And then by 1989, there was in 14,000 toy stores across the country and 20, uh, across the country and then above in 20 countries around the world. But they say, say that they were so popular because of just the size they were. The Koosh Balls got this marketing where they were put right next to cash registers at every toy store in the country. And every kid picks one up and goes, ooh, that's neat. And the price point is just low enough that every parent said yes, and they sold millions of the things. That's another toy that if you left it out in the sun or got it wet, <laughs> those little rubber bands on it would just disintegrate. Yeah, sun, the sun was not kind to Koosh Balls. <laughs> what, what's the bad press that happened in 89 on it? Well, they whatever. just said they were uh, the, the PR person for odds on described the Koosh Balls across between a porcupine and a bowl of jello and a worthless toy that is going to put uh, whatever company that invested in Koosh out of business or something like that. There's all these stories of look at this stupid toy. These people came, look, it's pointless. It doesn't even do anything. And I think it's about the time people started learning that even bad press can be good press. <laughs> I would take a koosh ball over those stupid balls that they have now that are just like the plastic with the little nubbies on it. Yeah. Like that to me is just pointless because you can't even throw it that far. At least a koosh ball you could just chuck across the room. That just like throw it and the wind catches it and it's gone. Yeah. Like, did you ever get a wet koosh ball to the back yep. or something like that? That mm-hmm. was that was painful. A lot of a toy a lot of toys hurt us when we were young. <laughs> Maybe that's <laughs> why they were cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, uh, video games, of course, we, we've talked about often. Uh, video games were high and mighty in the 90s. 
Before we get to the good stuff, I want to talk about what I think are some of the worst things ever invented that are somehow having a renaissance right now. The little okay. handheld electronic games. Tiger was one of the biggest companies that made them. Oh, little dude, little white games, like four buttons. And they weren't even games. It was like they, I had a Mega Man one. And all you did was you had to push up or down at the right time. And it was, there was no game to it. It was basically like Simon, but they just didn't let you think it was. God, it was so dumb. And there was thousands of them. I had a Pitfall one. And for some reason, I just played the crap out of it. Because, I mean, nothing changes on it. Like the thing that is, is just those little things pop up faster and faster. And you're right. You don't move. You just basically just stand in one spot and they have like three animations for your character to do stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all it is. And it was, they were so bad. And I had two or three of them and I still played a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But even as I was playing it, I hated it because all I want to like, I want to play the real Mega Man, but this is all I've got. So I'll put up with this. And then now they're somehow getting, they're coming back. I saw a bunch of the store the other day. Like it's a nostalgic thing. Like, oh, you can get Joe Montana football in the, the Tiger handheld game. Like, why? So I can throw it through a window? Like, <laughs> But they had those games out because real video games were starting to become bigger and better. Uh, the Sega Genesis had been released for a year. The Nintendo Entertainment System was still going strong. The Sega Master System was going strong. Atari had the Lynx. And Nintendo had the Game Boy. All those selling things out there. Now, Nintendo, compared to Sega, the Nintendo Entertainment System released 180 games in 1990. Can you believe that? What? That's like a game every other day. <laughs> That's, and not, a lot of those are kind of just forgetful games, too, which they, they released them. Um, they're forgetful games, but nowadays they're worth a lot of money. Yeah. Well, and you go to the list. That's just released in North America. Mm-hmm. You go back to the ones that were released in Europe and the ones released in Japan, then there's hundreds, hundreds more. But, um, but there were some good ones that came out that year, too. Uh, Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade, TMNT, the arcade game came out, mm-hmm. which was... Like the bad. quarter eater? Yeah. Uh, Star Tropics. Remember that okay. RPG game? Yep. Uh, let's see what else was in here that was good. Dragon's Lair for NES. Uh, Deja Vu. Did you ever play that game? No, but I'm pretty sure I still own Star Tropics and Dragon Slayer. Yeah, Deja Vu, I, it was a tough game. Like, you had to like, put together this memory mystery, and it was weird. It was like somebody took the Back to the Future video game and combined it with Dick Tracy and Clue. It was odd. The Back to the Future video game wasn't even that good. I, I didn't say this was good. <laughs> Let's see, what else was there for Nintendo? Uh, Mega Man 3, one of my favorite Mega Man games, probably mm-hmm. because of the jump code. Well, I guess you've got the jump code, just push down on the second player controller. I remember renting a Nintendo Entertainment System and Mega Man 3 and making sure I had the second controller plugged in with some tape and a couple rubber bounds wrapped around it so I could have super jump on the entire game. Yeah, that's how cool I was. Uh, Dr. Mario came out in 1990. Uh spot the video game remember the seven up spot yep i owned that game on the sega genesis yeah it was like the othello uh, roller games remember roller derby fans they had their game come out that year maniac mansion uh little nemo the dream master castlevania 3 dracula's curse to this day my second favorite castlevania game that's high praise <laughs> uh battle tank total recall game punch out narc Dick Tracy, 
Crystalis, Battle Chess, Rad Racer 2. You know, there's a lot of these video games that are based off of the movies that came out back then, and they're not good, but they just capitalize on the movie name. Mm-hmm. Like they had, you play it, and you're like, this has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah, whatsoever. like they, they, they had some designer, hey, I've got this crappy war game. Hey, slap a Total Recall logo on it. This is going to be gold. <laughs> uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Ninja Gaiden 2, Final Fantasy 1, came out in 1990. That wizard is still one of the best characters ever. Double Dare, Ghostbusters, Win, Loser, Draw, Heavy Barrel, uh, Super Spike Volleyball. I mean... That's, it goes on. Yeah, 180 games came out. So that, that was a good year for video games. Genesis didn't put out, uh, for Sega, didn't put out as many. They only put out 70 that year. Oh. <laughs> That's still a lot. Yeah, it is. It is. It was the first year of Joe Montana football. The precursor to Joe Montana sports stock football, which I played endlessly. I <laughs> oh, see. I played Joe Montana's football 94 on the Genesis. I still own that one. Yeah, I, think I, had, I think I had Madden... My, my football games that I had that I remember were Madden 92, Joe Montana Sports Talk Football, and what was the other one I had? I think it was like Madden 98 or something like that. I had Terrell Davis on the cover. That's what I remember now. <laughs> uh, what are some of the games here? Uh, Super Monaco GP, Pat Riley Base Basketball, Afterburner 2, Fantasy Star 2, Hard Driving. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> well, then a year later, they came out with Sonic, so. Yeah. And this is when they were starting to phase out. Since they had the Genesis, the Master System only had 38 games come out. But most of those were probably the exact same games they had on Genesis, just worse graphics version of them. <laughs> Let's see. Game Boy. I, I did this whole research list, so I was all video game nerd now. Game Boy had 102 come out in 1990. God, the Game Boy, that was my that was my jam. Really? See, I just I, I never got into the maybe because I didn't own one, but I never got into the Game Boy because the graphics I think the Game Boy reminded me of those little tiger handheld <laughs> games. <laughs> See, I had an Atari and then went to the Atari to the Master System, and then somewhere in between the Master System and the Genesis, I got a Game Boy. And I loved it because I could take it with me and just play on the go. And then that's when my love for handheld games started to go because I would I would go between Game Boys and Game Gears constantly. Mm-hmm. So see, I like the way the Game Gears looked. I didn't like that you could go through like fifteen AA batteries in a trip to Denver. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, six. It took six of those batteries to charge that thing. Whereas the Game Boys, the batteries could last a little longer. Except for almost everybody I knew that had a Game Boy had a Game Boy with the magnifying lights and the uh, extra accessories on the side of it. So all of a sudden, you're like, you've got like 15 accessories you got to plug in. Like, <laughs> I think that's why I like. That's why I switched from the Game Boy to the Game Gear because I was like, I don't need to have all this because I did have the magnifying glass with a little light on it and everything like that, so I could play at night. But then you get that Game Gear and you're like. This thing's a beast. So then I like convinced my parents to get the car charger. So when we would take trips, I could just plug it in and use it that way. I'd say the handheld game that I wanted was the TurboGrafx 16 handheld one. That was the full-on 16-bit graphics in the handheld machine. I forget the name of that thing, but man, I wanted one of those. Glad I didn't get one because then we last like three years and went bankrupt. But yeah, they, they didn't do very well. 
Bonk's adventure looked pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on from video games, because we just go through list of that for hours. I did find a site that had the the, the JCPenney or the Sears Christmas catalogs for every year that they were in existence. Because oh, let me tell you a story about this, kids. <laughs> Back in good day, when we wanted Christmas presents, we had to thumb through a 568-page catalog and circle the things we wanted and then not get them. Yeah, I, looking back on that, that was just such a waste of time and such a letdown because you'd get handed that thing. You're like, oh, here's the Toys R Us pamphlet or here's what's, you know, happened. You're like, oh, yeah, I want this. I want this. I want this. I want this. You'd be lucky if you got one thing yeah, off like, that list. You've got some socks, boy. <laughs> but uh, it was very nostalgic. I, I probably spent half an hour today thumbing through all the pages of this thing because I forgot that these, these catalogs were four to seven hundred pages of everything you could order from JCPenney and they had a huge toy section, electronic section. So when that catalog came out, it was like the best thing in the world for kids because you could see all the toys you could see because toy stores were few and far between and a lot of department stores, toy sections were like the toy aisle. Mm -hmm. Whereas today you can go to Target and there's basically a small toy store in a section of the store. When we were kids, Target's toy section was literally 25 feet long. Yeah, it was like Boys and girls all packed together. Yeah, it was like two aisles maybe. So you didn't, like there weren't many many options, but you suddenly get this catalog of all these things you've never seen before in a store. All the things that you saw commercials for on TV come to life. And uh, I looked through that for some of the things that came out in 1990. Found a few gems. Uh, With Dick Tracy coming out that year, do you remember the Dick Tracy walkie-talkie watches? I don't, but I Uh. I know in the movie. They, I, I never got one, and they probably didn't work very well, but in the Dick Tracy movie, he had his little watch that he could talk to his boss with, and they had a set of walkie-talkies that were the size of watches, and they were just like the movie, and boy, that commercial made it look like they were pretty rad. <laughs> How many times have we been duped by commercials, though? Seriously. Yeah, well, that's kind of what commercials are for. Uh, <laughs> another game that was very popular that year that we've actually played on video before is Crossfire. Crossfire, yep. I recently rebought that one. Mm-hmm. It's still fun. It is. It's something's not the same about the new one, though. Uh uh-uh. Like, <laughs> it's not just because I'm old. It's there's something about the new crossfire that doesn't have quite the pew pew that the old one did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, an- another one that I thought was very fun that I didn't have, but I always wanted. I think some of my friends are with the the Nerf fencing. Oh yeah, a big yellow pole or blue, blue or yellow, something like that, and they had the four uh, targets on your wrist, and you had to knock the other person's targets out. So you just had Nerf fencing instead of actual Nerf guns. I remember that. Mm-hmm. They had a huge marketing push for that for some reason. I, I don't know how that was where they thought the future was going to go. We got this gun, or you can hit somebody with a stick. <laughs> it's Nerf or nothing, man. <laughs> Uh, Shark Attack, another game that was popular that year. You had to play Shark Attack. It was at a big board with a big plastic shark, and you were a little fishes trying to run away, and the shark would move forward and chomp its head and bite you. I know what you're talking about, but I never played it. Man. Yeah. How young are you? No, no, I, again, I had friends who played it, Mm -hmm. but I never played it with them. The the WWF wrestling ring was a popular one. I remember that. That was back when the WWF was the WWF. Not the, the World Wildlife Federation. Le- Legion Doom and Hulk, Hulk Hogan and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage and all those guys on there. And they had this little blue wrestling ring. And you have the little rubber 
men and you'd fling them off the ropes at each other made of elastic bands. Yes, good times. Uh, real Ghostbusters toys, still popular in the 90s. I mean, they came oh. out earlier in the 80s, but uh, that year, the big in the catalog, they had the Ecto-1 wagon and the entire firehouse playset. You could well, pour, a- pour that pink slime in from the top and it would ooze down over anybody standing under the grates in the entire thing. That's another toy series, kind of like the Ninja Turtles, that just kept adding on characters and then different renditions of the, the Ghostbusters themselves. Yeah, I feel like the different renditions, the, the Ghostbusters didn't fare quite as well as the Ninja Turtles because I think they were still trying to toe that line of realism enough that a lot of the extra ones were like, oh, look, it's Delivery Man Venkman. <laughs> there wasn't no, anything. I mean, was like, like they, they, went, they, went, they went weird with them for a while because there was one where like you'd push the button and like his head would disappear and then it'd just be like a small little screaming head. Because I used to have that one. They uh-huh. they went weird when the cartoon came out. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember the ones that had their their eyes that bugged out always creeped me yep. out a little bit. Yep. Like, why is my action figure doing this? <laughs> it's it's terrifying. <laughs> but they ain't afraid of no ghosts. That's the whole point. <laughs> you can't say I ain't afraid of no ghosts and then have a toy that says, "Look, I'm afraid of ghosts." You know, Doesn't those poltergeists will get you. <laughs> so what, what, what other toys do you remember from, uh, from the, uh, what, six or seven years old? Man, that's, that's tough to think back that far, isn't it? <laughs> well, it's like, I think we've talked about this before. Like, the, I don't remember 1990 per se, but because like the 90s themselves kind of just blend together. You know, the 90s was 30 years ago, which... <clears throat> pain to say but yeah a lot lot of like like you said a lot of it 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 is tough because you you don't know exactly when things did come out because it's all mushed together like there's very few things i remember i remember getting micro machines for my birthday which birthday somewhere between first grade and seventh grade (laughs) yeah exactly i got my i got my game boy i think second grade for my birthday I think uh-huh. something like that. And then, you know, I used to have the Terminator toys, which again, that's another thing. So like, if you go to the target section back by the movies, they have that weird pop culture wall. There's action figures up there now that look like the ones that came out back in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Like they have the Terminator one. That's the, just the skeleton and the eyes light up. I'm like, Oh, I used to have that toy. And I'm like, I should get it again. Now look at the price. I'm like, it was not $20 in the 90s. No kidding. <laughs> I don't know if I want to purchase that now. Do you remember the laser tag sets from the early 90s? The crappy ones that didn't work? Yeah, they looked so cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> and they should have worked. Again, the commercials made them look awesome. <laughs> it would work if you were like in a clear room that was only five feet by five feet with no other obstacles in it. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody plays in, right? <laughs> And another one that came out about that year, I think that was really, really popular with all the ladies were the, the new kids on the block play figures. Oh, 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 oh. I'm fairly yeah. sure that that was probably one of the first bands, musical groups, I think I should call it, that had their own action figures. You shut your mouth. The California Raisins had their own action figures. And they were a musical group. I still had those toys. 
Okay, I'll I'll stand corrected <laughs> on that, and I'm, maybe Jim and the holograms had some too, and Alvin and the chipmunks, I guess. But the, of the beside the point. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure the monkeys did too, didn't they? <sighs> okay, well, <laughs> it didn't make sense to me at the time when I was playing with <laughs> He-Man and Transformers, and the girls I know were playing with Barbie dolls. The new kids on the block had action figures. It seemed weird. All right. <laughs> And yeah. I didn't, and let's, I, I, I had a soft spot. It's not like I hated the new kids. It just seemed weird that there was new kids action figures. Like it didn't make sense. Like that. What are the, with my action figures, they blew stuff up or beat each other up. What are they going to do? Are they going to stand and dance in front of? Yeah, but you could, that was your chance to own a Wahlberg. <laughs> I had plenty of chances to own a Wahlberg. Thank you very much. <laughs> I, and I didn't get uh, some of the other toys too. that came out later in the nineties, like, Tamagotchis, they came out like 98 or something like that. I, I never mm-hmm. understood the, the draw behind ones like the that. Tamagotchis and Neopets. That was, it's, I think the game you didn't understand the draw because you didn't like the Tiger handheld games. Yeah, because I like my games to like actually do something. It's the same way I feel about some of the games that come out today. Like I watched the little one play Animal Crossing for hours on end. I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? <laughs> You, you went to a house and you got some rocks. Cool. Hey, man, I know some kids back in the 90s that were just devastated when their Neopet or Tamagotchi died because they didn't take care of them. Like, they went on vacation, forgot to take it with them, and came back and it was dead. And they were broken up and in tears about it, weren't they? These are yeah. probably the same kids that didn't feed their own actual dogs ever. <laughs> <laughs> Supposed to teach them responsibility. All it did is teach you digital murder. I'm like, eh. Oh, that's another one. <laughs> well, I mean, you can't not talk about the 90s, not talk about Pogs, not talk about the, what was it, Mad Balls? Mad Balls was actually, I looked up, that was Which, a mid to, early, mid to late 80s. But oh, I think really? they were still, yeah. I didn't realize they, they, they were, were still really popular in the 90s. I can tell you that much because they had hmm. a whole bunch of different ones and they're still kind of coming back now. I don't think they have the same appeal, but. Yeah, they just re-released them. I saw some Target or some other last year or something like that. But very nostalgic, very cool. I mean, I love the, I love the Mad Balls. I love the Muscle Men. Weird to say out of context. And <laughs> I'm going to isolate that audio clip. <laughs> uh, micro Machines. Uh, and there's a bunch of other cartoons that had their... Um, we, we've talked about the past of some cartoons from the 90s. And there were so many, like... Some of them good, some of them got awful cartoons that came out in the 90s that they all had their own cartoons because I wanted to follow the G.I. Joe and the Ninja Turtles suit of, okay, we got this cartoon show and here's our toys that we're going to launch them all together. There were some some, some awful ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sky Commandos and the, uh, what were those with the mirrors in their chest? Dude, I used to have those. <laughs> yeah, what the heck were those called? Oh, I also had uh, um, a Captain Planet action figure oh yeah yeah Captain i had i had the fire one where if you had a little thing on it which i don't think they get away with making this toy now but um it was fire and on the back he had like a little lever that you could do like that and it sends sparks <laughs> like you could see sparks oh yeah i forgot about that yeah. I, don't think they'd, I don't think they'd be doing that now but I feel like one of these days we need to sit down and we'll do like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 moment, but just find a bunch of those old nostalgic TV commercial compilations people put together on YouTube. and like just the 90s commercials? Yeah, just let them fly and then just let the memories flow as we see each thing mm-hmm. and see how much money we spend on eBay the following day. <laughs> I don't want to do that. <laughs> every, every time I see uh, a mask 
toy show up somewhere online, I end up having dozens and dozens of items in my eBay cart. And then I wait a few days and eventually take them out and don't buy them. But <laughs> one of these days I'm going to fold. <laughs> one of these days you're accidentally going to say, oh, I'm not going to get these. And then you're going to end up buying them. Yeah. I, <laughs> I never had the Thunderhawk, but someday I will have the Thunderhawk. <laughs> it's funny too, because I'm just viewing us now, 20 years down the road, having a conversation about toys from... <laughs> the mid to late 2000s and all stuff we're talking about now where we bought stuff yes we did buy toys but we haven't played with them they're still in the boxes yeah we're not creating those magical memories with them now nope. but we'll probably know a lot more about them yep, maybe <laughs> well i got i got the 2019 edition bakugo bandai number 16b with the red bandana instead of the blue one man <laughs> You want Funkos? I'll talk to you about <laughs> Funkos, man. I thought that was my retirement plan. <laughs> you imagine the, the, what some people have of those Funkos put away? The same people that had like storage sheds full of beanie babies that they were going to cash in for their retirement and people that had pog albums and the football cards that they were going to retire on. Like, I mean, I, I, I still had hopes as a kid that my, my football card collection or my comic book collection was going to be worth thousands of dollars if not millions of dollars someday but i still got a box of football cards and baseball cards and i know that some of them probably worth something but not enough to retire off of no i'm just too lazy to find out which ones are worth it because again you know that was the thing about kids is you collect all these football cards you collect all these baseball cards you trade them with your friends yeah yeah oh that one looks cool oh this one's a holographic ken griffey jr sweet and then you forget about them oh yeah I, and I, I used to, I used to have a Beckett, you know, mm-hmm. it was like the, I had, a blue subscription book of, to, I had a subscription yeah, so, to Beckett. Yeah. So did I. So like you, you, you would check that, you know, like, Oh, this card's going up in value. And then I stopped caring for some reason. I don't know. Well, and, you realize that it, it was like going to GameStop nowadays. You have this Beckett, this, oh, I've got this card that's worth 25 bucks. I'm going to take it to the card shop. And they got the card shop's like, uh, I'll give you two fifty for it. But it says it's worth $25. Yeah, but I got to resell it and I got to sell it at low price and I need to make Forget this. What I also think is the whole thing. We got overwhelmed because we have so many of them that it's just like. No, I I literally had tens of thousands of football cards. Like it was my jam for all. It's what me and my dad do. I just, every dime I had went to buying more cards. And I remember having one that was a, uh, I mean, with a lot of those cards, you had to strike when the iron's hot. I remember when Rick Myrer, was a rookie for the Seattle Seahawks. For all you non-sports geeks, you're going to love this for a minute. Um, that was the early 90s. My guy was drafted by the Seahawks, and he was supposed to be this rookie. He was from Notre Dame, was going to change the league, blah, blah, blah. And I got this collector's edge 24-karat EQ insert card, super, super rare. Like, And I was foaming at the mouth because when I got the card, like the Beckett value on the thing was like $290. Which, when you're a kid, that's a lot. That was a lot, especially for a pack of cards that cost you four bucks to begin with. But I was so excited. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be so much more. So much. You know, he ended up sucking really, really, really bad. And so that card that was worth almost $300 a couple years later, uh, I saw at a local card shop for like three ninety five. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> it's like I won the lottery and threw it down the toilet. This makes me want to like, dig out some of my football cards or baseball cards and see if I do have any gems. 
I know I've got some decent ones. We'll, we'll do this sometime because I actually thinned mine out when I when last time I moved because I was sick of moving on the giant, giant boxes. So I went through and got rid of a bunch, but I kept the ones that either had some special meaning to me or ones that I knew might have a good chance of being valuable in some way or another. So I've, right. got, some, I've got some pretty sweet ones down there. Some nice rookies, you know. Our retirement fund. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll be to pay uh, for my midlife crisis fund. How about that? There you go. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you guys get back to your lives. Hopefully you, you enjoyed this trip down memory lane. Is there anything else you uh, want to bring back up about 1990 before we move on? No, my nostalgia brain hurts. It's making me sad. I feel like we'll have to do, do another year sometime in the future. That makes sense, right? I'm trying to make sure. Yeah. You notice that with this whole isolation thing, sometimes you say words and you're not sure they mean what you think they mean in your head. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Anyway, uh, let us know what you think. Uh, hit us up on social media at Get Geekish and let us know what some of your favorite toys from 1990 were. Or if you found something incorrect with what we said, feel free to pleasantly point out the correct fact because we're all about learning here. Right? Again, remember, our <laughs> brains don't work so well when it comes to memorizing or like remembering when things exactly were. So. <laughs> Ah, yes, but uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, again, thank you so much for listening to Get Geekish. And hopefully we'll see you sometime soon. But we'll talk at you next week.